Hello and welcome to Anybody, Everybody, the podcast that celebrates diverse bodies and body image. Through storytelling and science, this is a podcast where we explore the ways in which body image is experienced among different social identities, such as ethnicities and cultures, genders, body types and abilities, to better understand how we can promote healthier body image for everyone. I'm your host, body image researcher, Phaedra Longhurst, and every week I'll be asking an interviewee about their story to learn a new perspective on body image. Hello everyone. This week we're talking about body image from the perspective of a chronic illness. So in today's episode I'm joined by Lizzie who has Crohn's disease and has recently had an ileostomy and therefore lives with a stoma. She talks to us about her body image and how she emphasizes the role of body functionality and how having a stoma isn't necessarily always a negative thing and how it's actually proven to be a huge positive turning point in how she has a relationship with her body. She also talks about how uh, people with a stoma or with bowel conditions requires a few nuanced considerations, I suppose, is a way of putting it. So take a listen and I hope you enjoy. Hello, Lizzie. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I can't wait for everyone to hear about your experience and perspectives. Now, um, after having given everyone a bit of an introduction, um, perhaps we could learn a little bit more um, by asking you, could you start by telling us a bit about your yourself, your diagnosis and your treatment journey thus far? Sure. So thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. So my name's Lizzie. I'm 26. Um, and a bit about my kind of illness journey, I guess. So up until when I was about 14, I was like a perfectly healthy kid, just didn't really have many problems. Obviously, like your odd like coughs, colds, that kind of thing, but nothing really major. And then I was when I was 14, I got like a really severe bladder infection. Um, and it was when I was on holiday in Gran Canaria, as this, these things always happen when you're on holiday, don't they? Um, and then I took antibiotics for it and it went away after a week. But then I just noticed that I was still really tired. I wasn't, I didn't feel 100%. I just felt really sleepy all the time. Like I was sleeping, I went from sleeping from like nine hours a day to sleeping like 15 hours. As soon as I got home from school, I'd just be conked out. I was getting like muscle pains, headaches, loads of different symptoms. And this went on for about a year and I kind of battled through my GCSEs and things. And then after GCSEs, I started sixth form and everything just nosedived really. I couldn't get out of bed. I remember having to like crawl home from the bus stop one day because I literally couldn't walk. Um, and it took a long time of investigations, but then they diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome. So that was the first diagnosis that I got. And it went from being like a normal healthy kid to being completely bed bound. So then I was bed bound for about 18 months, house bound for two years. And during that time, my digestive system was just not, not happy at all. I was getting loads of pain, loads of cramps, loads of constipation. So I started having to take quite strong laxatives, which were just ripping my body apart. 
lots of nausea. I was getting really, really bloated to the point where I looked pregnant and had to wear maternity clothes because I was just so swollen all the time. So this went on for quite a while, went through having all the usual gastro investigations like endoscopies, colonoscopies, different kind of tests. They couldn't find anything for ages. So this was in about 2012 it started. And it was, I was, at this point, I was just having to take like laxatives every week to manage. And it was, it was wreaking havoc with my life really, because I was trying to go to uni and go to college because by this point, my chronic fatigue had got better. Um, so I went to uni and then I got a full-time job and having laxatives was just a nightmare around doing all that. So in 2020, I finally found out that I had Crohn's and a neurogenic bowel. So a neurogenic bowel is where the nerve endings in your bowel don't function properly. So they just, I'm not entirely sure what happens, but I think they just stop working. So nothing's going to move through my colon properly. Um, and they kind of said, this will be a lifelong problem. It's not going to get any better. I tried any every single medication, physiotherapy, biofeedback every test medication they could um and they were like you've got two options really you can either take laxatives for the rest of your life and keep going like this but then obviously that carries a lot of risks or you can have surgery and have a stoma so last may now this may may 2020 um i had ileostomy surgery so now i have a stoma um and that's my illness journey yeah and um just from my own kind of knowledge um i know that you can have like i'm probably asking this in a really crude not very accurate way but am i right in thinking that you can have stomas to different degrees so i know that sometimes you can have a stoma put in but it can be reversed if i'm right um what sort of degree of stoma do you have that's probably not the right way of asking it but do you get no, what I mean? that's fine. And when they first said a stoma to me, I was like, right, I kind of knew from Google, but I had no idea the different kinds and the different ones you can have. So I've got a loop ileostomy, which is where my small bowel is kind of on the outside of me. It's disconnected from my large bowel. And the loop means that it can be reconnected right. at a later date if you want. Or you can have an end ileostomy, which means like it can't be reconnected. Um, so mine is a loop one. So if in the future I do want it reversed, then that could be an option. Yeah. And to clarify, you've had um, the stoma since May this year or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, May this year. So it's only been six months for you. Yes. Yeah. And how has that, how's the past six months been for you, if you don't mind telling us? No, it's been fine. So um I obviously before you have surgery they explain the risks they explain um you know x y and z could happen but I like to think I'm quite an optimist so I went into it thinking oh everything will be fine like I'll just wake up and I'll recover and it'll be fine I have had quite a few complications um so I have what's called stenosis which is where your stoma is really tight um and the bowels got really really narrow um so I need to have another surgery to correct that mm. um but apart from that, it's been great. And I feel like having a stoma has changed my life so much. Has it? Um, yeah, like for the better, for sure. Like every part of my life is now so much better than it was before. Um, and obviously it wasn't a decision that I took lightly to have a stoma, but I knew that it was something that I really needed to do to try and give me the best chance of the best quality of life for the future. Yeah. 
Thank you for giving us an overview. Um, next, I kind of would like to ask what your relationship with your body is like. And in particular, has this relationship changed over time? For sure. So I think before I got ill, like before 14, I never thought about my body at all. I was just like, my body was something that was just there. I didn't really think about a relationship I had with it. But then when I got ill, I really started to resent my body and hate it. Not for how it looked, but for how it functioned. Because I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't walk. I couldn't go to college. I couldn't go out with my friends. Like All it could do was lie there and sleep. And I think that made me hate and resent my body. I felt, in a way, I guess I felt like my body had betrayed me. Because I was like, you're meant to work. You're meant to function. Why aren't you doing it? So I think then I started to develop a lot of negative feelings towards my body and that came out in poor mental health um I developed an eating disorder because I was trying to control my gastro symptoms before I had any kind of labels or diagnosis um I went through a phase of self-harming because I just hated my body so much I did not want to be in it um but I think as I've kind of got better and as my health has improved my relationship with my body has improved and I've gone from really hating it and resenting it for being ill to kind of seeing the strength in that and thinking god it's had to deal with so much and it's come through so much stuff mm -hmm. so now I feel quite proud of my body not for how it looks necessarily but for how much it's had to go through um and obviously that's not something that people can see on the outside but I think that's kind of built a lot of resilience and a lot of inner strength in me as well um and knowing that kind of my body is my home. It's the only one I'm ever going to have. I'm not going to be able to just go to Tesco and get a new one or do anything that can necessarily change it. Um, so trying to be at peace and trying to be nice to it. But I'm aware that I've only got to this place through having better physical health. So I think for mm. me, they're very, very interlinked. Yeah. You described having quite a difficult period. So you described um, developing an eating disorder and like the co like the mental health comorbidities that come with it. What sort of su support, if any, did you receive or experience during that time? So I I didn't talk to anyone for ages. I felt like if I spoke about how I was feeling mentally it would disregard my physical symptoms because I remember when I was first ill I went to my doctor about like the exhaustion about the gastro symptoms and they were like oh you've just got depression it's fine and they completely like belittled it so I thought if I tell people I'm struggling mentally all my physical stuff is going to get blamed on my mental health and I'm not going to get any support so I didn't tell anyone for a while, but then eventually I did. And then I started therapy. So I had therapy for my relationship with food, my relationship with my body and being ill. Um, and that really helped. And I think I've always been so incredibly lucky to have such amazing social support, like from my family, from my friends, um, from uni when I went to uni, like everyone was just great. Um, and I think that really helped as well. Mm -hmm. And you you pointed out something that's quite interesting in that you described how your the way that you felt a bit more more positive having a more positive relationship with your body was is very interlinked with the physical aspects and it's interesting because in the research there's a lot to say about the functionality of your body so uh, appreciating what it can do 
or what it's able to do, does that tie into what it is that you experienced at all? Is it is the physicality a bit different for you? No, I think that's very true. I think when it's like people who exercise a lot, they say they like their body when they can exercise because it shows them what their body can do. Yeah. Like I've heard a lot of athletes say that around like the Commonwealth Games and stuff because I live in Birmingham, so that was literally everywhere. Um, and I think it's kind of the same when you lose everything. So when I couldn't walk, when I couldn't move, when I couldn't sit up and chew, like when I couldn't do any of those super basic functions... I then thought, well, I hate my body because it's not functioning. So I think that definitely influenced how I felt about my body. And at that point, it was never about looks because I didn't care what I looked like. I just care what it could do. And I think when a lot of my friends talk about body image, they're very much focused on how they look and maybe like, oh, they wish they didn't have as big a boobs or they wish their thighs were a bit smaller or this or that. Whereas I think, really, for me, it's all about the functionality. Yeah. And um, you talked a little bit about the, your diagnosis and how that affected your how you felt about your body. But was there any aspects about your treatment that maybe influenced your attitudes and um, perceptions of your body? So you talked a lot about the, um, the use of laxatives and your stoma throughout that journey have any of those as your treatment has influenced that yeah so I think when I was on laxatives my body image was just horrendous like because I would get so bloated and obviously that would make me feel awful about myself and I was very self-conscious about how I looked at that time I would frequently get asked if I was pregnant and that used to really upset me not there's anything wrong with being pregnant but I just felt very conscious of how I looked And then obviously the pain as well. I was being sick a lot because that was a side effect of the laxatives. Um, I was having lots of trips to A&E with all these different side effects. And I think that, again, tying in with the functionality, I think that really, really affected how I felt about my body. Mm -hmm. And then since I've had a stoma, I think it's gone the opposite way. And I don't like I've never felt better about my body now because obviously all that like laxative stuff has calmed down. I feel like I look better, I feel better in myself, like my mental health is better, like I can do more things, all these things that kind of really help. Mm. Um, So yeah, I think the stoma has definitely helped more than I ever thought it would. Yeah. So what are the, like the attitudes, and so how do you feel and think towards your body now that you have the stoma? Yeah, for sure. So since I've had my stoma, I've been able to exercise more. So I've started running, like I can go to the gym. Um, And I think I find doing that quite empowering, like going from when I was like completely bed bound and not able to move to now being able to like go on runs. That's obviously like two opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think that's really made me appreciate my body as well. Obviously, I don't get as bloated and I don't get as much pain since I've had my stoma and I think that massively helps not just in terms of functionality but also in terms of how I look as well like I feel like I look better now because I don't get as swollen and puffy and stuff like that um I feel better in myself as well I think like self-confidence has gone up um Mm -hmm. so I think that plays a big role as well um 
And I guess I just feel obviously like going through surgery and going through all the different medical treatments, I feel kind of a sense of pride in what my body's come through and a sense of empowerment, like thinking, God, my body's coped with so much stuff. Mm. It's so amazing that it's got to this point that I'm still here and I'm still going and I'm still able to live my life how I want to. I don't want to sit here and spend all my waking moments hating my body like I used to because that's that's just going to make me miserable so I just kind of see my body now as something that's quite like quite empowering and something to be appreciated rather than something to constantly destroy yeah and maybe as like more of a sense of gratitude maybe yeah that's the word that I couldn't think of like grateful for everything that it's come through and everything that I've been able to do because of how my body's coped with things, if that makes sense. Yeah. When you have been experiencing the some of the complications with your stoma, how did those instances made you feel or make you feel? Um, I've had, I guess, mixed. Like, some of them were quite scary when I needed to go to A&E and I was in a lot of pain. Some of them have been more manageable. Some of them are just kind of in the middle. I think the way I get through it, and it's it's so cheesy, but I just tell myself that I've got everything I need to cope with the situation and that everything will work out because I've got through it before and I can get through it again. So I think I just remind myself of that. And I also try to detach what my body does from me as a person, if that makes sense. So thinking, just because I'm ill doesn't make me a bad person. Just because I'm ill doesn't mean it's my fault. Just because I've, I know I ate something that has blocked my stoma and I now need to go to hospital, it doesn't mean that I'm failing. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve a stoma. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not managing properly. Trying to, like, detach my self-worth from how my illness is is quite a big attachment that I've had to learn to make but that's something that I learned a few years ago in therapy and it's changed my life since yeah so for therapy where you kind of tying almost the the state of your condition or the um, the symptoms that you were experiencing you were tying that as like you say your self-worth and is there more that you can say about that because I find that it's something worth highlighting, I think, because I can imagine that if things are going a bit pear-shaped or you're having a rough period, it can, I guess, there's a, maybe a sense of self-blame, perhaps? Yeah, for that? sure. For sure. Like I think for the longest time, up until like a couple of years ago, really, my entire self-worth and self-esteem was based on how well I was managing my illnesses right. because I think when you get... A chronic illness or you start to get ill or you're diagnosed or at whatever point you realize the focus then comes from like curing it to managing it and obviously managing an illness is something that you do on your own or you you kind of have to do yourself obviously with support but it's like a lifelong thing you have to do to manage something and I just thought all my self-worth was then tied up in how well I was managing it. So, like, with my chronic fatigue, if I pushed myself too hard and then I was tired and in bed for a week, I'd be like, I'm a failure, I can't manage this illness, what am I doing, why am I such a bad person? Like, it was this constant, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. 
and I kind of saw my body being ill as my body failing and if my body was failing then I was failing Mm -hmm. and that was two very very interlinked kind of cognitions that I had and then trying to separate firstly like defining what I meant by failing in the first place because I feel like that's a very subjective word um that probably was a bit it wasn't what I was meaning at the time it was just kind of a way of conveying my frustration and trying to kind of untangle my self-worth from my body from managing my illness and seeing that yes okay I have these illnesses but they are one part of my life and I also have lots of other parts that I can focus on and again so cheesy thinking about like gratitude journaling and all the parts of your life that you're grateful for and all the things that are going well because when you're ill it's really easy to fall down a spiral and think oh god I'm in hospital again everything's awful like I'm having to have xyz treatment I can't do this this and this week this weekend like I find some in hospital but then thinking of other things that are going well or sorry I'm rambling but I guess what I'm trying to say is like seeing your illness as like part of your life and it's not your fault that your body isn't working how you want it to essentially but also it's also just kind of reminding yourself it can be quite um an effort cognitively but seeing the transience of it all as well and you can apply that kind of thinking to everything basically but in particular when you're having a hard um time within how it is that you're experiencing your body it's reminding yourself the transience of it and it's there will be ups and downs and to in those moments of feeling uncomfortable or having a negative experience it's kind of reminding yourself or making sure that you don't um as you described kind of going into a negative hole I suppose and kind of engaging in behaviors that are in some ways self-destructive so like manipulating the way that you eat and the way that you treat your body like you've described so and another part of that is then counteracting those behaviors with attitudes of like greater self-compassion maybe and like for you having greater gratitude so it would be nice to raise people's awareness of having more attention towards counteracting those things because I think we know quite well about how we can negatively feel but it's it's knowing better about how to counteract those kind of behaviors and feelings so I'm I'm really pleased to hear that you had the therapy to kind of establish those tools at least for you personally but again I think with therapy it's such a like um not the most easily accessible thing for everyone so Definitely not. And I think I did find that there was, it took me a while to find a a therapist who I could connect with as well, because Mm. I felt like I needed someone who understood chronic illness and understood what it was like. I think I did have a couple of therapists who were kind of trying to talk to me about like, just accept your illness and don't resent it and don't push it away and blah, 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 which is a valid point. And that was what I needed to do. But I think their approach to it, because they didn't have a chronic illness, I found that really difficult. I was like, but you don't understand. And like a couple of things they were saying, I was like, you don't you don't get it. You don't understand what it's like for me. Yeah. So I think 
having and then eventually I found a therapist who also had Crohn's and that was a game changer because I felt wow. like I could trust her yeah and she 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 just understood and that was all I needed I just needed someone to understand and accept like help me accept really yeah um and stop trying to push my illness away I, it was always like I thought the more I thought that I could hate my illness away. Like, if I hated it so much, it would just go away. But obviously, it doesn't work like that. So I think trying to develop kind of acceptance and building this illness into my life and seeing the rest of my life as, like, living alongside this illness was what helped, if that makes sense. Yeah. And this is just a bit of an off-the-cuff, maybe it's not even a question, but an observation at least for me, from like a research perspective in positive body images, um, research does show that have, being with like-minded people um, helps promote or maintain a positive body image. And I find it interesting hearing that when you found a therapist who shared that experience with you, I guess maybe in a way it's seen that those like-minded people in a much in a larger way or in a less superficial way like it can be as in those instances between like a therapist client relationship of having a, like a like-minded um social relationship um I don't know what your thoughts are on that but um it sounds like yeah just kind of expanding our understanding of what establishing those kind of empowering social relationships can be it's not just about friendships but also like in healthcare and in therapy and so forth yeah for sure and I think it's kind of the visibility of it as well like in my own personal life when I got ill like between you know when I was 16 and I became bed bound and all my friends were going off to college and then uni and then obviously you have the learning to drive and going to festivals and drinking for the first time and girls holidays and they're all off doing that and I didn't know anyone who was ill I didn't know anyone with the same kind of problems as me and that made me feel so lonely and so isolated and that then added to like my feelings of hating myself and hating my body and things like that yeah and I think visibility is really important the connection is really important and also with my therapist she was a lot older so a lot older for my son ancient she was like I'd say like in her 50s and I was like in my 20s so I guess that's a lot older um, but obviously seeing her, she was obviously working, she had some kids, and then she had, like, three boys, she had, like, a nice house, like, she'd done all this travelling and gone on these really cool holidays, and was yeah. really into, like, adventurous stuff, like, bungee jumping and skydiving and this and that, and I just thought, and that was the first time when I thought, okay, maybe I can have a life with this illness, and that was, that was all I needed to give me that little bit of hope to start off with, and... I think that's often what's what you get from that social connection is it's that hope and it's that thinking, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not alone in this. Yeah, like you said earlier about transience, there's going to be good times and bad times. Yeah. But I can still live my life with this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's, it's so important. And I think nowadays, obviously, like with Instagram and social media, you can follow people and you can very easily find these big pockets of communities who have similar 
um, similar illnesses to you or similar problems to you or even things similarly to you. And that is so empowering in itself as yeah. well. So, yeah, it's definitely been massively helpful for me. Yeah. And in addition to kind of like sourcing these communities, is there anything else? So are there any other behaviours or even activities that you do to help make you feel good in your body? So I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast. Something that did really help me, especially after surgery, was actually like looking in looking at myself in the mirror with my stoma. So either like in my underwear um, or sometimes even naked, which is really cringe, and just kind of getting used to seeing my body like that. Yeah. Because although I wanted a stoma so much and it was such a big thing, it's still weird to wake up with one and know that this is going to be long term and I think kind of getting used to seeing myself with one and not again I know not everyone would feel comfortable doing this not trying to hide it all the time so not wearing like you know I think I I wasn't allowed to exercise for four weeks after surgery but then one of the first things I did after surgery was swim in so obviously that was like I wore like um, a swimsuit, but you could see the stoma through it. Um, and now when I go swimming, I wear a bikini because I find that more comfortable. And I know that a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. And that's fine. I'm not saying everyone should do it. But for me, I think that was really helpful, like seeing myself with the stoma. Um, and I think just I do a lot of journaling about how I felt about it. And then trying to just live my life with it so rather than thinking oh I've got a stoma I've got a stoma just seeing what my body could do with it if that makes sense so just trying to like you know see friends go for walks go to work all the usual day-to-day stuff and my stoma just being there rather than it being the sole focus of my thoughts yeah I suppose thinking retrospectively because I think this might be helpful for people who are maybe still receiving treatment and um whilst waiting for stoma before they've even decided to get a stoma what were some of the ways that helped you before having your stoma when dealing with your condition what things within those 12 years what did you do to help you feel better within your body if I'm honest that's quite a hard question because I don't think I did anything I felt really awful in it um I think I had to do a lot of thought challenging in terms of trying to challenge the negative thoughts about me. Um, It didn't stick for very long because I felt so cringe doing it. Um, But like writing down when people said nice things about me in like a journal or like in a note on my phone to try and like counteract some of the negative thoughts I had. And then trying to just like... I know I keep saying it, but just, like, live my life in my body and be less conscious of it. So focusing on what I'm doing and doing, like, grounding exercises and thinking about the present moment rather than thinking Mm -hmm. about, oh, my God, I feel really bloated, this is sore, like, I look look awful, like, all these kind of thoughts that I used to get, trying to just come back to what I was doing and forget about my body, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. My next question is, how has your diagnosis or your condition, as well as the treatment, uh, I think retrospectively, how 
has it influenced the way that you think about and engage with media and appearance ideals? I think it's definitely made me more conscious of the kinds of things that I expose myself to. I think especially before my surgery and when I was having an awful time about my body. Like I remember I, so I went to uni late and I graduated last year. So I graduated um, when I was 20, 25, I graduated. Um, and I, it was during lockdown. So we didn't get a proper graduation straight away, but my uni put on like a photo session so me and some of my uni friends went went back up to Leeds where I went to uni um and took some nice graduation photos um and I remember my friend posted them on Instagram and I saw them and I locked myself in my room and I just cried for an hour because I was like I look awful and I just felt so bad about myself I think a lot of it as well was tied it was I wasn't feeling great on the day yeah. I was having a flare-up like I'd struggled to like walk. I bought like these heels and I struggled to walk in them because I wasn't feeling right. So I think a lot of it kind of linked back to the functionality aspect as well. Yeah. And I think since then, I've been very conscious of the kinds of pictures that I put on social media, the kinds of pictures that other people put of me on social media as well. Um, I followed a lot of people with stomas who have all been so unbelievably lovely like it's such a great community because I remember before surgery I messaged some of them being like hi I know I've never spoken to you before but I'm about to have surgery like would you what advice would you give yeah um so that's been really nice um and kind of seeing people with stomas just having healthy happy lives and being body confident I think is really important yeah I think it has made me very aware and I know that everyone knows this, but the complete lack of diversity in mainstream media, especially things like modelling or with clothes or even just like TV presenters, it's not really a diverse field. And I think that can make you feel a bit like more conscious that something is different about you, right. not necessarily in a good way or a bad way but just that you're different and not seeing people who represent you yeah um so I think it's it's definitely made me more conscious about media yeah um but again like I think because I've had such amazing social support and because I always wanted a stoma I don't feel like it's negatively affected me compared to I know some people understandably find it really hard because it's such a big life change. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it's just made me more conscious about messages. Oh, and in terms of things that are like blanket rules, like, you know, people like, oh, exercise, positive vibes only, like all this kind of toxic positivity you get. And you think, actually, not everyone can exercise. Like, not everyone can eat five portions of fruit and veg a day. Like, not everyone can do all these rules that you see everywhere. And I think it's just kind of made me more conscious of what I what I look for online and also what I mean, I hardly ever post anything anyway. But when I do, like my three Instagram posts a year, I'm just more conscious of what I'm putting out there because I'd never want someone to look at my posts and feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Um, maybe this is the researcher in me, but um, I guess this makes me want to ask a, quite a forward question. In um, So when you described being a bit more conscious with using social media, is that consciousness um, 
having more of a critical um, approach to it. Um, so maybe have like maybe filtering certain information in a way that maybe kind of protects you in a way, but also using it in a way to help reject. So you describe like the lack of diversity. So it's kind of like highlighting and kind of always reminding yourself it's all of this is just a bunch of bullshit, really, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah. Is that what it is that you're describing when you refer to having like more conscious use? Yeah, I think it's just looking at things more critically. I think looking, realizing that obviously Instagram is not real life. Not everyone has the best day of their life every day, despite what their Instagram is saying. And also knowing that I have a choice, like I don't have to sit and scroll through Instagram for three hours before I go to bed. I don't have to post things on my story just because I've done something cool like all my friends love keeping up with Kardashians like it's their favorite tv show literally but then and I am a bit guilty of watching it every now and again but I chose to unfollow them on social media because they're making me feel bad so I think knowing that even though you love someone you might love their music tv show whatever you don't have to follow them on Instagram you don't have to follow anyone even if it's your best mate if they make you feel bad about yourself so kind of seeing that element of choice in it as well and reflecting on how I use particularly social media um, and working on like my relationship with that yeah. um, was quite helpful as well. Yeah. And when did you start having more of this conscious approach to it? Was this after your stoma? Like, was there any kind of like definitive point or was it like more of just like a slow sort of development? approach i think when i first got ill when i was like 14 15 16 um it was facebook then that was all the rage instagram wasn't really a thing everyone was still writing statuses and posting on each other's walls but i think then i got very conscious because like i said all my friends were going off to college and uni and going on holidays and doing all these things and i was just lying in bed being bed bound and i used to scroll through facebook crying looking at all the things that they were doing and i couldn't do and i think then it was my mom who was like lizzie you don't have to do this you don't have to sit and scroll through and like and comment on their posts and pretend you're really happy for them when you're not um, and I think it's kind of developed since then, but I think over time, definitely, I've just become more more aware of how it makes me feel. And even the other day, I was scrolling through and I saw some things that like my friends had done. They'd been on like this really nice holiday to Thailand, and it was all like your classic boats and beaches and good food. And I was just like, oh my god, like I've had a bit of a rubbish week. I've got a cold, like. And I was just aware, like, oh, I feel bad now. Like, I felt good yeah. earlier. Like, now, five minutes later, I feel rubbish. Yeah. So kind of reflecting on how it makes me feel all the time. Yeah. Um, and it is quite hard and it can be quite draining. But mm. I think, ultimately, you've got to use it in a way that works for you, haven't you? Yeah. It's like muscle memory. Yes. The more you do it, the easier it gets. But, good God, when you first start out, it's hard and takes an instagram algorithm does not make it easy for you that explore page oh no and it's all the little things because i it is something i'm trying to work on i know like if someone if i'm waiting in a queue if i'm 
stuck like a bus stop or a train or even when I'm walking my phone's out I'm having a scroll and it's like no I don't need to be doing that right now there's enough going on around me to people watch for five minutes while I'm standing in line or do you know what I mean like you don't have to have it out every day but it's just like that little nickel in your pocket isn't it it's like you can feel it and you just want to check what's going on yeah um so yeah I think being conscious of like time and how I use it definitely yeah my final question for you is how do you think society can better support individuals with health conditions such as Crohn's to have a healthier body image I think no it's a great question um I think particularly for gastro problems is just to bloody talk about it like there are so many things that we've come a long way in terms of talking about like my friends are very open about their salary or about their mental health or about their periods or whatever it is yet when it comes to like bowels and like gastro problems no one wants to talk about them and I do get that sometimes it can be a bit gross and you might worry about what the people think and it is still a bit taboo but I think by not talking about things, you then feel so much shame in yourself and then you put that shame onto your body and then you feel ashamed of your body because of how it looks, because of how it functions, etc. And I feel like if people were more open about it, then it would remove that shame. And I think diversity as well in the media would help people just more awareness, more people talking about it and not being with, met with like non-judgment as well, like, Luckily, no one's ever said anything to me about having a stoma, but I know other people who have them have had some horrible, horrible comments or people like, you know, looking at them in a weird way, like saying things when they're on a beach or in a swimming costume and stuff like that. And things like that don't help because then you become scared of what wider society thinks. And again, you internalise that onto it being a personal thing and being about you and your body. And I feel like, yeah, more awareness, more talking about it, Mm. less judgment would be very helpful. Yeah, because it's normalising your body, basically. And and I feel like to normalise all aspects of bodies, like such as the way it functions, and that includes particularly the bowel, um, how our bowel functions and things like that, I just feel like by doing that, that then kind of just, it's weird why people are digging their heels in the sand for it, because it, it inevitably helps all of us. It help, It would, I can only imagine how much of an influence that would help people to get diagnosed and to seek treatment, because I know that so many people are struggling, like with bowel cancers, there's so much later diagnosed because of the, the taboo that is tied to it so I for sure I agree raising the awareness and kind of will help counteract the stigma that we hold still hold towards bodies in general and it would help people like yourself but also people who don't know what is up with them yet and those are suffering without any support so I'm that right being, I think removing the focus on how your body looks and yes. it being more about how how your body well not even about how your body functions but I think it's seeing it as like I read this quote the other day it's like you should see your body as an instrument not an ornament like yeah. it's not something there to just sit and look pretty it's yeah. there to kind of 
do something to be functional and again really cheesy but like you're so much more than just your body it's who you are inside whether you've got 20 health conditions or none like you're still a person and kind of removing that that judgment about how you look and kind of seeing and seeing yourself like who you are rather than what's going on in your body I think that would be really good as well yeah Thank you so much, Lizzie, for answering all of my questions and for kind of, yeah, being really open with us. And I really hope this has helped um, really useful for the listeners out there. So thank you so much, Lizzie. Thank you for having me.